Welcome back to the Pocha playlist. I want to wish everyone a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope everyone eats a lot and watches a lot of K dramas. I figure we can all go around and say something we're thankful for. I'm obviously thankful for our Plochas that have stuck by our side. We have so many new listeners.、Um, welcome to everyone. And honestly, like every episode, we should really do like an intro just because I feel like. We have so many new listeners that come find us, and maybe they don't always know who we are. But yeah,、um, you're always welcome here, and we truly would not be here. What is it? Four years in、oh、a row? Oh my god, has four, it been that three, long? Four, three, four, three, three. Yeah, about、think. three. Yeah, I think three. Couldn't have done it without y'all. Yeah, Jenny, what are you thankful for? Um, thankful for our listeners, of course, as well. Um, thank you. Thankful for my fellow Pocha members or Pocha members、um, for、Still、always. Still, my thankful. <laughs> <laughs> you can also be thankful for the same things, but yeah, I mean, thank you guys for doing this podcast for such a long time. I feel like it started off as like a COVID project, and you know now it's really nice. I feel like we have a really strong community of people, and you know every time we talk to people over Instagram, and obviously our Discord is always popping off. So you know, appreciate everybody for sticking around and doing this with us. Andrew, yeah, I'm,、uh, yeah, I'm also thankful for you guys, and just I feel like this year has blown by really quickly, and、uh, I mean I'm pretty thankful for just all the good K dramas that we got this year. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, Definitely thankful for that. Yeah. I feel like this year has been. I mean, the past two years, I feel like COVID has obviously shifted it a little bit because like you know production's a little bit harder、uh, during those years, and then、mm-hmm. now we got like the full fledged K drama productions, especially also of Netflix, you know, coming out of all this like content. Uh, so yeah, definitely thankful for all the good K dramas, good and bad, because you know you guys know how much I like to like talk shit about K dramas sometimes, <laughs> but you know it's it's in a good way. Yeah, for sure, for I, sure. I think that's a great segue, Andy, because not to put you on the spot, but I have our. Put your playlist、uh, group chat open, and I just want to read a message that you sent into the chat. <laughs> This was a、uh, Sunday at one in the afternoon. Strong woman, legit. No, one one a.m. One a.m. One a.m. Strong woman, <laughs> legit, hella good. <laughs> Jenny and I started cracking up. I was gonna ask you, as usual, you know, what have you been watching? But clearly, sounds like you're really enjoying Strong Woman, which is our our Patreon. Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, I think right now, so far, an episode. Five or six ish.、Um, for some reason, after watching the trailer, and you like, it's always like this for like sequels. You always think like the worst for sequels. Like it can never top like the first one.、Mm-hmm. And so once I watch episode one and two, I'm like, dude, this show is like, my expectation is so low. I was like, this show is gonna be trash compared to the first、oh. one, kind of a thing. And as I kept continued to watch it, I was like, man. This show is like、mm-hmm. it caught me off guard. I was like, "Oh, this is kind of cute. This is kind of nice. I like it." Yeah, we've been watching a lot, but this one it feels more like a superhero show. Yeah,、mm-hmm. especially with like the mom dressing up like Black Widow and stuff. And I see a lot of、um, similarities with the first season, but this、mm-hmm. one, I say this with all the love, like it's a little bit cheesier, but like in a good way.、Mm-hmm. It's like very fun. And that main、um, girl, I think we had saw her in like、uh, Squid Games, might have been. She's really killing that role. Yeah, it's really fun. Absolutely. Well, we'll save it for a Patreon episode that's gonna come out maybe next week. Hopefully, we'll see. 
Um, right before the month ends. But, Is the show over airing? I know we're, we're uh, kind I think of... it ends like around Thanksgiving. So oh, it should perfect. be almost completed. Awesome. Um, but yeah, so we'll save all of our thoughts. But I think so far, Pocha, or Pocha Crew is kind of liking it. So, you know, it should be a fun episode to listen to. Uh, Jenny and I did watch something else. So Believer, Believer 2 had dropped on Netflix on Friday. So just to refresh our memories, we had watched Believer 1. That's also on Netflix. It's kind of a kind of like a who done it, gangster, cop, drug, assassin, murder movie. Am I catching all the bases yeah, there? I would say okay, it's not really a gangster movie as much. It's True. more of just like a drug operation, but you know, like for example, in Worse of Evil is like a gangster group, right? This one's just more of like a drug mastermind and you know we're kind of trying to catch him who and like we don't know his identity so it's pretty fun um so we watched that this last week it's on netflix it's a korean movie i think it's maybe what like an hour and a half two hours Brandon? maybe two hours um if that i think it was relatively short yeah but it was pretty fun so believer 2 came out recently it has our girl han hyoju who looks amazing in it she this is like the most villainous of a role i've seen her play actually i think um, it was the first true villain position a yeah. role she's ever played she was coming out on variety shows and she was saying she wanted to try something new and she said she trained for a rounding up like a year just to get into shape to play this role Dude, she's like yeah like abbed up like just she looks great yeah. um so it's really interesting so believer one so the original movie the timeline is from like let's just say a to b but believer two is like kind of in the middle so like a a point five you know so like it's not exactly a sequel but it's kind of like a fill in the blank they called it a midquel never heard that yeah term before. i don't know so it's a little bit interesting we haven't seen it yet so we'll let you guys know what we think next week but the weirdest thing to me is for the second movie, they like recasted a really main character, which is like throwing me off. Like, I don't know how it's going to affect the actual second part, but we were watching the trailer and we were like, wait, where is this like main character? And then we were like, oh, wait, that guy's billed for his name. Like, what's going on? So I don't know. We'll let you guys know. But Brandon and I were definitely like very confused by that. But yeah, listeners, please check it out if you're in the mood for something like that. It definitely was a fun watch. Yeah, it was pretty gritty, though. It was pretty... Oh, yeah, definitely rated R. Yeah, a lot of, lot of blood. Yeah. But yeah, pretty interesting. All right, without further ado, so we decided, hey, let's just catch up on all of the episodes of Daily Dose of Sunshine. So, Jenny, we're doing, remind me, 7 through 12, is yes, that right? Yes, 7 through 12 this week. All right, I'll pass it over to you. All right, let's get into it. Cheers! So episode 7 through 12, um, I do think this K-drama took an interesting turn. So I think the first, you know, six episodes, it was very focused on case by case. And I think 7 through 12 focused kind of more on the characters themselves and how some of the earlier cases affected them. Um, but I'll just talk through the cases real quickly. So episode 7, this was right after we had our mage um, kind of commit suicide. So there was some fallout from that with his family and then to kind of emphasize that there was a second case um, that was thrown in where I guess a dad stabbed his neck with like a chopstick and he had this delusion that there's something in his neck which is why he did it but you know through the story it kind of comes from his um, the death of his like baby son and then his wife's suicide so that was like a very emotional episode um, episode 8 through I would say probably 
till the end, it really starts to focus more on Sunshine and kind of her struggle um, with depression. So it seems like that kind of came from the trauma of Mage's death and a lot of just her blaming herself and, you know, that kind of spiraling into something more serious. Um, but I think the show really touches on how depression kind of can come about suddenly, you know, and there's kind of the attitude that one personally might have towards it because sunshine was very like what do you mean like i you know i'm not supposed to be in a psych unit i'm a nurse and then kind of that acceptance the actual healing and then um a bigger like social stigma associated with mental health in general so i think the episodes these like second half really touches a lot on those items um but just to kind of throw it to you guys wanted to see what you guys thought of the couple cases we did get sprinkled in um you know obviously we had a lot of uh, the first six that we really enjoyed but were there any other standouts to you guys that you thought was really good jenny i think what you're missing is um cinderella and her mom you get the mom um, coming yes. back and kind of reminding me of glory just kind of a mm. i don't know if i feel like i use this term abusive a lot on the podcast i don't know if this is the right word to even use but the mom was kind just of a, not a good mom not a good mom <laughs> character she comes yeah. through um so there was that in the storyline mm-hmm. i would say i i was really enjoying the show episodes one through six because it reminded me of like hospital playlist and every episode was fun and obviously it touched on some harsh uh, topics but i would say for the latter six episode it actually got really kind of dark for me mm-hmm. you know going right into the unfortunate suicide and then the case right after was the the man who lost his his kid and, and wife right, and yeah. then it went into you know sunshine's depression and her denial mm-hmm. and then acceptance but then she gets shunned by all the moms and yeah. became and then cinderella's mom situation which i always hate like the the bad <laughs> mom storyline it got like less enjoyable to watch even though the content was great does that make sense yeah like it, I, see I just kind of was like oh this is just tough it's tough to get through yeah so that was the only thing that i was really feeling but overall like they i feel like they covered a lot of their bases and it was a, still a phenomenal latter six episodes yeah andy what about you what general thoughts on the latter six yeah i think the latter six was interesting i think i felt like they stopped going to the cases but started to focus more on the characters themselves and it definitely was the latter six was definitely a darker turn. I think it was just more about dealing with depression, suicide, um, actual violence. Uh, well, not violence, self-harm. But yeah, I think it's interesting to see the characters' development as they go through things and the relationships they have with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely agree with Brandon where like a lot of the stuff, for example, I wouldn't say bullying, but like the mom interaction in the relationship, I feel like it was a big turnoff to me. Because I feel like the relationship that Cinderella had with her mom was like, I get it, the mom's a shitty mom. Mm-hmm. But I felt like the relationship with My Lovely Liars, the main female lead, with her mom. Mm. And like how that was a kind of a turnoff for me too. Like it's okay to showcase a shitty mom. Yeah. But like to do it that much and then like it felt very, it was just too much. Yeah. Too much too much mom (laughs) (laughs) too much mom yeah it was like the glory the glory mom was horrible yeah Yeah, probably not as bad as her but i do feel like i don't know like whenever i see moms like you know this situation especially in this um situation with cinderella's mom i do almost think like is this even like at all believable like Mm -hmm. i think it is i i I don't think think it is okay like i agree there can be really bad moms and it can be very very selfish moms but like 
even in My Lovely Liar, I thought that that mom had like some guilt or some like, you know, one part of her that like was like, okay, she's still like a a person, you know, even though she was like a really bad mom, like she still kind of felt bad. She still like had her flaws, but she still like, you know, there was some redemption. But like for Cinderella's mom, she was like so unabashedly terrible that I was like, there's just like, I, I just don't mm-hmm. understand how it could be this bad, you know? Her character was being a bad character to help emphasize that Cinderella is a good person. Mm. It's like to give a reason mm. to like develop the character of Cinderella as opposed to just like create a new character in their own developments. Yeah. It helps to enable a different character as opposed to be like by itself. And for me, mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't really like that like side of things. I see. No, you're right, Andy. And I think... You know, for Cinderella, <clears throat> she needed to do a lot of growth. And mm-hmm. the two things that she kind of does at the end of the show, number one, she decides she wants to quit being a nurse. And then the uh, number two is starting to live for herself. And she finally kind of, I think I think the um, Prince Charming says, you know, abandon your mom or, or get rid of your mom. Yeah. You know, so I think she, she obviously does that. But going back to your original comment, I don't know why. Maybe I know too many like dark sides of stuff but i feel like there are probably some moms that are like that that to their kids or use their kids in that way i don't know yeah you you two don't think that that's wasn't very realistic i just think that interesting the way that they i'm not saying that there are no moms who could possibly do that but like i feel like so far the show has more or less played like portrayed people as relatively realistic and like i think the mom saying the things that she was saying and then us not really getting a side of like maybe she feels bad or maybe she like kind of hates herself for it but because it's for her own like you know uh because she's too prideful to admit she's wrong she just acts like less yeah. like i just felt like she was not a very developed character and but i think andy's point is correct or like she was truly just a character foil to cinderella to right. make cinderella seem more of a cinderella like she was the evil stepmom in the cinderella story you know yeah. and like cinderella has her prince charming to take her away from that so i think our nickname perfectly <laughs> summarizes yeah. how she ended up being portrayed in the show before we go further jenny i we never asked you so how oh. did you think about the second half uh, it was interesting. So I wasn't expecting us to kind of deviate from the typical, uh, I guess, like, case stru- structure. Like, yeah, the structure that we were doing earlier. Um, and I wasn't expecting us to be so deep into Sunshine's depression and like her, uh, you know, the after effects of that. But I will say that after finishing the show, I am happy that we did because i do think one of the themes of the show and they repeated it a couple times and i like how consistent they were with the messaging it's like we are all kind of on the border and you just you never know like what's gonna hit somebody out of nowhere like you don't have to have you know a history of mental illness to develop something and for someone like sunshine like she literally was just this bright bright happy person and this one traumatic event hit her and it was bad and it like like I felt like I couldn't get out of her depression story but like I think that's realistic and even Mm -hmm. though during the watch I was like oh my god this is so much this is so heavy and like watching her struggle and then like kind of not accept the help and I was just like ah you know but like at the end I'm really glad they did do that because it just really emphasized their theme and it was able to like show a different side of the story of like hey even people who deal with 
people who have mental health on a daily basis still will not be able to take care of themselves if it does happen like that. And like, you should never be ashamed to seek professional help if that is something that you're going through. And I just, I appreciated that angle. So I'm glad that they did it that way. It was definitely a tougher watch in the first six, but mm-hmm. um, I think it really drove the point home for me. Yeah, I guess we could double click on the, the Sunshine Depression arc what I really liked about it was they kind of went into phases. The first phase was she's starting to go into depression because of, you know, all of the things that happened. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting how she kind of, I guess her brain kind of blocked out blocked, the memory. Yeah, <laughs> like that was a big shock for me. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of has a period of denial. And what yeah. I really liked was, you know, even people who aren't nurses in the field, they might be like, oh, I, I'm just in a fog or I'm just not myself. Mm-hmm. They're I don't maybe denial is a harsh word, but they don't understand that they have depression. But yeah. it was kind of amplified for her because she literally is a nurse, and she yeah. even says that while she's admitted, she's like, "I know this. I do this in my work. Like, I don't have depression. Like, let me go." And yeah. I thought that was a really interesting angle. Like, if you think about it that mm-hmm, way, she's mm-hmm. like, "Wow, all you guys know that I'm a nurse, and you're still keeping me here." Like, I, I thought that was a pretty interesting angle. Yeah, Andy, what about you? Did you kind of like what they added that piece in, or do you think it could have gone without? No, I, I definitely think the later half of the episode, I think it's really important to highlight all the different characters and the developments. And I think it's really important to showcase that, like, even the nurses and the workers go through, you know, mental health uh, problems. It's like it is something that is a part of our life. And I think it's a good thing to highlight. And also how the interactions between, you know, like, can someone with depression go back to work? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, really important to highlight as well. And I really like the character development uh, that the main character sunshine uh, was going through and like what how did she process through things and how the people that she interacted with how did they help to help her process through and get over things as well i think it's very informa- uh, informational about like oh this is what you have to do to help handle people with this certain illnesses uh, i definitely appreciated that they highlighted those aspects as well yeah yeah how about you sure. Jenny? i yeah i think it was great and honestly i think one of the best parts was of the whole situation was just how tough it is for people to accept the fact like even sunshine's mom was literally like no she's fine yeah she hasn't eaten in a couple days and she's sleeping but it's okay she's fine and it's just like so hard for even your like people's loved ones to be like yeah no there is an actual problem and i remember like knuckles met up with um sunshine like in in the worst of it and was like you know hey i think you need help like you know i you don't need to like tell me you like me but literally just please go get help and sunshine's mom literally came was like how dare you say that to my daughter you know and Mm -hmm. like takes her away and obviously we have the whole car situation which really like you know puts the climax is this whole issue but i I like that they added it in and I just like how difficult it was for everyone to accept it and how difficult it was even after when she returned to work like you mentioned Andy I think that was so important I think the fact that people's like people's guardians like a psych unit guardians were literally protesting this nurse who had depression when their kids literally have other mental illnesses and like psych ward patients were making fun of her for her depression and i was like that's so mind-boggling to me right but it's like but i kind of get it you know it's just like there's this idea and there's stigma around it and it's just so unfortunate but i'm glad that they showcased it especially with sunshine situation yeah i also think it's really good that they highlight that it's also that other people that are like, you know, they're vocal about 
you know, you having mental illness and they don't want you to have like, you know, work in mental illness. But half the time, it's also internal. I think they also highlighted the fact a lot with like Sunshine thinking about like, oh, what if people at work find out that I went to a psych hospital? Mm -hmm. And then also the best friend, um, the chicken... um, Cook. Oh, Sonic. Um, Sonic, <laughs> Sonic, yeah. He also like was having panic attacks about like what are people going to think about me, kind of a thing. Uh, so I think it's it's good to showcase that like not everything is internal mm-hmm. and like what you think other people think about you. Um, it's probably not going to be true. Uh, and I think it's really good that they highlighted that as well. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So I I actually really liked that they kind of didn't shy away from the topic of hey parents are going to be upset when they find out that you know Sunshine was you know, has her own um, Mm -hmm. issues and she's also helping their kids. But do you guys think that the show, um, maybe it was a little bit too forced, like with the picketing and how much they were really showing how mean the parents were. And they even like go have multiple meetings with like the board members or the (laughs) directors. Like was all of that too much or you guys liked how they did it? I thought... I mean, maybe this is just a K-drama thing, but in my head, Korean people love to protest. (laughs) Do you guys remember when we watched Crash Course in Romance? Like, they even protested the teacher because he was, like, you know, talking to one of the moms. Like, it was just, like, there's so much protesting. So I didn't think it was too crazy. The and the chatting. Yeah, like, everyone just loves to complain. And I think some of it is definitely just you know stigma an internalized stigma that just like is so unjustified and you know it's one of those like group mentality things of it's like one person starts egging people on and the next person eggs the mom and it's like yeah wait why are we allowing this to happen yeah let's protest so i don't think it's totally like unrealistic that it happened yeah. um but you know did i love that that was the case like maybe not but maybe that's also a good way just to showcase the stigma true andy what did you think I absolutely hated it. <laughs> I think, um, uh, yeah, I think this is the one thing that I really hated about the show. I like, I really wish they didn't really showcase a lot of this dramaticized, like overreaction kind of a things. Mm-hmm. I think there a lot of it feels like. I think it's important to showcase that like uh, parents need to be they're vocal about their their kids. Mm-hmm. But, like, to continue on, to drag it on, they start picketing, then to do a conference room, and then the, they bring in Sunshine into the conference room right. as well. Yeah. Like, in real life, that would not happen. Like, the do- like not even the, pr- the director would talk to them. Someone would talk to the parents individually and say, this is the policies, you like it or not, and then they will defend the nurse. Mm-hmm. The nurse is not supposed to go into the room and talk about it. Someone else is going to talk about it in- on her behalf. And I was like, this is just way out of proportion i was like i don't like this at all yeah actually on that note andy you know how the final thing gets resolved in that room which i did think it was weird that they did like this joint you know conference Mm -hmm. yeah i kept thinking maybe it would have been good for sunshine to be the one to give that final speech Mm -hmm. that um i don't think head nurse nurse kind of gave and i think head nurse is obviously you know we didn't even touch on her and her younger sister Mm -hmm. her older sister that was really interesting but you know, maybe Sunshine should have given the speech. Do you guys think it would have been better? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it would have really changed anything, especially because you mentioned, you know, like head nurse had a sister and they were facing personal issues with, you know, stigma because, yeah, because head nurse's sister has schizophrenia and, you know, the HOA that they were trying to move into was like, ah, we don't really feel comfortable with this person living here amongst, you know, the rest of us. And Mm -hmm. so I think I was okay with it coming from her. Um, You know, I think what was great about Sunshine's arc was how 
difficult it was for her, but she still tried really hard to keep her methods to keep her afloat. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think maybe her coming out and making this grand speech, like maybe that would have been a little bit too dramatic mm-hmm. and unrealistic. Like the fact that she wrote in her diary like that day was just like, hey, I didn't retreat back into my shell today. It's good. And I was like, that's good. You know, like we don't need her to have like a crazy moment. Like just small steps is fine too. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, going into one thing that I personally didn't really like, mm-hmm. um, I was really enjoying the love triangle, Team Knuckles, oh yeah, mm, Team Sonic, and during the Sunshine Depression arc, yeah. uh, maybe this is weird that we're even calling it this <laughs> arc, and this is just my own opinion. I, I would love to get your guys's take. I felt like you know when Yu Chang goes over and he kind of like says, "I don't care if you die." And then, like, even Sonic's mom is saying, like, oh, how is she going to go to work? Like, she also yeah. has that. And I was like, aren't you guys all family friends? From there, the love triangle really just kind of fizzled away, which yeah. I didn't really enjoy. I wanted there to be a solidified, like, mm-hmm. ending, cl- some closure for him, for, mm-hmm. for Sonic. You know, obviously, we know that Sunshine and Knuckles get together, but that love triangle really just dis- disappeared. What did, mm-hmm. what did, how did you guys take that? Dude, honestly, I feel like the moment they did the rock skipping and then Sonic went to like, I don't know, get her pants and came back and saw mm-hmm. Sunshine and um, Knuckles talking. I think Sonic was like, I'm putting my white, my white um, flag, flag, you know, like I, I lost. So you think one. it was just over from there and it wasn't even supposed to continue? I being think a love so. Like I would have, I agree. It would have been nice to get a little bit more of like a final like moment of resolution, mm-hmm. you know, where Sonic confesses but it's like hey you know i just want you to know that i like you but i understand that that's just not in the cards for us like i would have liked that but you know i guess there were just bigger things that they're worrying about so i yeah would have loved more but i guess it is what it is what about you yeah I, i agree with you brandon too i think like we never really saw a full conclusion about his character and the love line i feel like it wasn't it was just like after the date went sour and they clearly were writing him off as like not worthy of him being a love line yeah uh, also i think he, talking about his character now um because he did get a job uh, eventually mm-hmm. uh and in episodes one to six we do get the panic attack in episode one but from like two to like eight he kind of just glosses over the panic attack we don't really see him how he progresses and how he gets over panic attacks mm-hmm. he kind of just like talks about it and then he just takes medication mm-hmm. and then he's just suddenly kind of over it until he gets back to going applying to jobs i kind of wanted to see a little bit more character development and so like how does one get over panic attacks when you used to have it continuously because uh, it was more in the background at that point uh then he did eventually get a job yeah well let's let's talk about that because i thought his ending was really interesting and i will be honest I thought that we were just going to get a typical K-drama kind of ending where the they everything would get wrapped up by episode 11 and then episode 12 would be truly tying everything up. But we still had some issues even in yeah. episode 12. And one of them was Sonic's and he's at his new job. And his case is interesting. He's so good at his job that everyone wants to give him more work. Mm-hmm. And he does it, he's not good at sending like or setting work boundaries. But in the end, he kind of is like, I'm choosing to end work at five or six and I'm yeah. going home. And I guess that was truly the fix for him. And it's, I guess he just needs to work on setting his boundaries every single day. And then all of a sudden the entire office was like, Hey, let's all just stop working at six. Mm-hmm. It was like a nice ending, but I, I felt like it was a little bit um, oversimplified. 
is a nice way to put it, right? It was like very oversimplified, yeah. maybe yeah. a little bit borderline unrealistic, but I thought it was an interesting angle. Yeah, I think for him, it was like he needed to find the strength to say no, which is what, you know, I think the anxiety was like building up because he just like couldn't say no. So he just had to sit like, you know, like dig his heels and be like, no, I cannot do more work. I'll do the work that I'm supposed to do within these hours. And I think, you know, I do agree. Maybe it's a little bit um, like too happy of an ending, but I think at the same time, like maybe it's just a good lesson to everybody, you know, like setting proper boundaries and is okay. And at the end of the day, if people truly value you, they will also value your boundaries. And, you know, I think maybe that's the message that they were trying to convey. Like, Maybe he won't get the next promotion the quickest, but that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's going to keep his job and that's okay. And like people understand that that's where he's drawing the line and not everybody has to be a rock star and he just maybe accepts that for the rest of his life. And that's okay, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I think the main issue of his situation too was the manager. I think Mm -hmm. like in terms of the storyline and realism, I think his switch of character was just so drastic that like, when he approached the manager saying, hey, I have a panic attack and I, you know, I'm just telling you and I want to get off work early because the amount of work pressure and at first the work manager was all like, um, no, you got to do all your work and, and whatnot. He basically, yeah. you know, kind of told him off. He said, was do like more being, work. So you yeah, don't do have to more worry work. about anything yeah. else. And he was like a dick manager. Yeah. And then like, you know, later, a little, like a couple minutes more in the, into the episode, um, the manager comes up and says, hey, it's six. Time to go. You should get off work. I was like, dude. You went from a dick character to, like, the nicest manager ever. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 But overall, let's not... I was the one that brought it up. But we don't have to be too no. nitty-gritty. Obviously, the, the yeah, messaging yeah. is clear, and everyone should be setting those boundaries. And I actually think Sunshine also had similar advice from her doctor, mm-hmm. where she needs to stop being, like, a people pleaser, I guess. And yeah. she needed to foot her down, foot set her foot down and be like, hey, I want the spot next to the sun or whatever. Yeah. So a lot of good life lessons in the show. I agree. I do think like I came out of this K-drama as a whole just with a lot of good tidbits and like little techniques for like my own like mental well-being, you know? And it's just like, you know, complimenting yourself, standing up for yourself, finding things that you actually like, not living for other people. Like all of these are like really great lessons and I feel like one of the reasons why, despite some of these like smaller nitpicks that we might have, I think overall was still like a positive experience. Yeah, and I guess just to tying off everyone's like kind of work situation. So my favorite character, Cinderella, her backstory is really interesting. She finally breaks her ties with the mom, mm-hmm. and again, maybe even that's oversimplified. Like the mom, who knows? She'll probably just keep finding her or whatever. How do you find someone though like that? You know, like if you just move and. Uh... You try hard enough, you can find anyone. I she's going to be on a cruise ship for a year, so I guess it'll be harder to <laughs> yeah. find her. Well, she paid off her debts. She's mm-hmm. in a stable relationship, and she realizes she doesn't enjoy the work. It just got her loans, and it paid the bills, which I thought was a really cool angle because yeah. I actually thought that she was like really gung-ho about being mm-hmm. a doctor, but it was great that she was like, I want to do something cool and never would have guessed that it's working on a cruise ship, but I'm very happy that she took that step and she has prince charming by her side yeah. to be her rock yeah. I-, I liked her ending what did you guys think yeah i think the biggest thing that i wish i got more of because i think andy and i might have mentioned this last week was like why she likes prince charming so much like from the past like i understand you know after they started dating why he's a great boyfriend but like i still never got like the initial attraction that they had um and i will say like 
I was kind of surprised that they were formally dating. It kind of like fell out of nowhere. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. okay, now they're holding hands. And oh, they're like my, buying couple stuff. They're going on dates. Like, I almost thought that it was just in Prince Charming's or Dr. Charming's head this whole time. It took some time. Yeah. It took a while, but I was kind of like, oh, it caught me a little bit off guard. And maybe, you know, there was just some things that we missed. But yeah, I think that was my only issue. <clears throat> but I'm glad how they ended their story. I just, you know, still wasn't convinced about how they started. Yeah, I think it's always, it's also talking about the other relationship too. Both male characters were like kind of expressing their love towards the other person Mm -hmm. and they weren't really reciprocating it back. Mm -hmm. And then it just went from somewhere from them saying their love and then they were just together. Like we didn't really see the female uh, main leads reciprocate their love back. But also I think it has to do a little bit with the backstory between the male characters. We don't really see the backstory between both male characters. I think especially like Prince Charming, we don't really know how he kind of like grew up. Like we know he's rich, but like mm-hmm. we don't really know his thing, you know, his character development. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. That's interesting. For me, I would say the one that kind of caught me off guard was Knuckles and Sunshine. Mm. You know, they kind of have a a, rec- a reconciliation after yeah. she kind of tells him off. And I swear it, it might have been the next scene or maybe one after that. They were holding hands right outside the hospital. So <laughs> yeah. that was the one for me. I was like, oh, y'all are like together together. Yeah. Because Cinderella, they had, they were kissing. They were yeah, going on. They were doing date, your boyfriend, girlfriend things. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of showed that they were more solidified. But Sunshine and Knuckles for me was really like, oh. Yeah. Just because I was still waiting for the love triangle. And so when they're already holding hands, I'm like, oh, wait, what about Sonic? Yeah. No one told him. <laughs> you know, he's still on his bike. Yeah. So that's interesting. That. I, I feel like the love line was definitely not the strong suit for this K-drama. I wonder, and I don't know if you guys feel the same, but like, would you guys have almost just not liked a love line or just like a very basic like oh like friendship to maybe lovers at the end type of love line like would that have made this better for you guys at all isn't that kind of what they did but like they dated but just like left it on like a you know maybe they held hands for the first time in episode 12 you know no because you 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 know us three (laughs) right like if they did that and they introduced potential we would have ripped it to shreds like you think so (laughs) You gotta be solidified. Like, mm, what about this? What about that? But fair, at fair. least this one, we can't bag on them for not doing it. Like, That's they are true. dating. Right? That's true. That's true. So, I feel like we touched on all the major characters. I have a few smaller characters that I wanted to hear about. I feel like I've said it every episode. I want, really wanted to understand the male nurse. Oh, yeah. Like, what was his backstory? He's like an OG there, knows all the tips and tricks and secrets. He needs money. Mm-hmm. Never ever mentioned anything about him i thought that was kind of unfortunate anyone else uh i think i would have liked something about the sunshine's friend like the the short-haired nurse too i think that would have been good just the short-haired the sunshine's friend nurse oh the other nurse the other nurse yeah i feel Mm -hmm. like she had so much potential like the only part of her character that we got was like when she sang for that little kid when they were you know interning together or whatever and i was kind of like oh i kind of wish that you know i knew a little bit more about her you know there was a couple of scenes where she was like complaining about how she can't date around and like no one's really introducing her to people and i was like oh like it would have been nice for her to meet like a hot guy at the end just to like give her a nice little like happy resolution you know that would have been nice (laughs) how about you andy anyone or any any story that didn't really get tied up for you 
Um, no, I agree with you too, Brandon. I think I kind of want to see no more about the male nurse. I think he's like been there the longest. He's been the OG. And we always see like every single time someone acts up in the hospital, um, he's always there immediately to like, you know, help them out, help them calm down and whatnot. And I kind of want to know a little bit more of his background and like, how is he so like kind of good at his job? Mm-hmm. That's a it's a good point you just made. I never thought of it. But watching the show, I was really shocked at seeing how... Um, physically demanding that job can oh be just because people were like flailing around yeah. and throwing things and trying to hurt themselves and you really need to like get a body in there like grab them make sure they're not harming themselves yeah. and he was always like he's, he's like the, the only guy. male nurse so he's always yeah. the one there i thought that was really interesting overall i learned a lot from the show yeah. it was really fun i think uh, so technically i'm not sure if he's actually a nurse too i think on the show he's listed as caretaker oh Um, so it might be a different duties i'm i could be completely wrong though Mm, but um it does look like he has a different uniform too than nurses that's true yeah i thought it was just because it was like the guy version of the uniform but yeah you could be right and he always catches yeah that's true because he doesn't i guess he's not in like that central cubicle with the rest of the three female nurses that's true and you never see him going around like giving pills yeah. taking blood he's yeah. usually like, like yeah yeah and if he's technically the caretaker which is not like exactly a nurse which also would be a better interesting to put a background on him because yeah. like what does he think about all this medical profession even if he's not trained as a nurse mm-hmm. that would have been kind of cool to that's see that's a too, great right? point yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true yeah i wish we would have gotten a little bit more i do think going back to brandon's point one of the funnier moments not funny it was kind of like a sad moment it was kind of funny the way it came across but i remember cinderella was talking to her mom the mom was like you know about to like uh, hit her or whatever because she was like leaving the mom on the streets and cinderella like blocks her punch was like dude i work in a mental like a psychiatric (laughs) unit you think like i'm scared of like these kind of things like i'm always like physical because like people are you know potentially being violent so it's like oh man like it just really goes to show how difficult this job is and once again, I feel like the, my takeaway from every single medical K-drama is just, it's so tough on these people and doctors and nurses and, you know, whoever else in the medical industry should get paid for what they do because they work really hard. <laughs> I just thought of another thing that I think would be interesting if they touched on. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember the beef between <clears throat> the mom nurse and the female doctor? Oh, yeah. They kind of never really brushed on that either. Oh, I thought they squashed it. They did, but they never yeah. explained why. I thought that would have been interesting. I, I thought everyone, even like the the slightly bigger uh-huh. Um, the male doctor oh, oh. I think like even he could have used a backstory yeah. that just tells me like the show had developed pretty interesting characters and they yeah. could keep it going for more episodes oh I totally agree but with that energy should we do a preliminary question and then we'll go into the rankings Would you? who would you recommend this to and what's an example Ooh. drama that you have Jenny who would I recommend this to I definitely think if you're looking for a light watch this isn't the show for you because i do think it gets pretty heavy especially the second half i also think if you're easily triggered by some of these things like i wouldn't recommend it you know if like you know something like this is a trigger for you i definitely think the show doesn't really hold back so would not recommend for those people um but i would say honestly if you're just looking for a good cry like a good emotional show you know really trying to like help yourself you know think about the world like if you're kind of like i want to better myself and like 
get some good life lessons like i think this is a good show for you like good slice of life if you like hospital playlists obviously definitely recommend i think if you like it's okay not to be okay especially the more mental health part of that like i also think this could be an interesting watch it's pretty different because there's not like a big love story or like a you know mystery around it but yeah definitely those dramas i would say are in a similar category how about you andy um i think yeah i agree with jenny i think if you want to try to learn more about mental illness i think this is a great way an introduction of like just knowing more about it uh also i think the one drama i think this is most related to for me would be attorney Wu. Mm. i think the structure is relatively similar in the case that like it does highlight about a lot of like cases that are not often talked about and i think the pacing like each episode is a different case and obviously then it goes into the characters themselves i think it's the pacing feels a little bit like attorney to me i see that for sure yeah i didn't think about that we keep saying hospital and move to heaven but you're right we we was very similar too yeah love it move to heaven be yours i heard you mention it Uh, yeah i i feel like this is kind of on the move to heaven um side but you know it's it's just a mix of all of the dramas that we said so a lot of great wrecks and overall really really fun show so our 2023 list this might be the last drama going on or we have the patreon drama as well we also have my demon which is coming up next week but i don't know when that's gonna be might not be done by this year sweet home 2 is also coming out and i think that drops pretty quickly so okay i stand corrected (laughs) all right we have moving dp season two the glory tuna a time called you that's our top five mask girl revenant worst of evil love to hate you queen maker bloodhounds see you in my 19th life chosen attorney king the land crash course in romance black knight duty after school song of the bandits my lovely liar Mm. andy you wanna set it somewhere first um, I think I would put it right under Love to Hate You, maybe right above Bloodhounds. Mm. Somewhere around there. 9, 10, and 11. It's mm. like right at the top, right at the 10th spot, basically. Ish, yeah. Because right. you didn't see Queenmaker. And no, I, I didn't see Queenmaker, yeah. This isn't my ranking, but I do think this is better than Queenmaker. So yeah, we'll yeah. say Andy says it's around 10. How about, okay. what do you, about you? I actually think I like this more than Worst of Evil. I actually think I liked it more than Revenant and Massacre as well. I Mainly because there were a handful of cases that really hit me in the emotional stomach, you know? And I think mm-hmm. that's what... And maybe this is like a very biased criteria, but I think if a show can make me cry multiple times like, mm. and teach me something, I think that automatically puts it higher for me. And I would say you know mask girl revenant worst of evil didn't do that for me so i'd probably put it above that um a time called you is just a very different show so i don't know how i would rank against it but i think if andy's putting it around nine and ten then i'll keep it under a time called you so i think i'd do a time called you and then um daily dust of sunshine shit i guess it kind of falls on me (laughs) I don't think it's going to break our top five. So Mm. it's not going there. So it is going to be between five and ten. I'm just trying to think about Mask Girl, Revenant, Worst of Evil, and Love to Hate You. Mm -hmm. And honestly, Love to Hate You, I think we all all have to collectively rewatch that show. Because we (laughs) keep mentioning it. (laughs) I can can give some remarks, too. I think, so like this show specifically, Mm -hmm. I really like the themes of the show. I think the show is really important. To talk about and i really like the structure of the show mm-hmm. especially how in episode 6 to 10 they started talking more about you know the characters themselves and i think the themes are very important 
but I really did not like how it was done. This mm-hmm. is actually one of the shows on this this year of this year actually that I really didn't want to watch. Mm-hmm. Besides, see you my nineteenth life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so despite that, I really did not want to watch the show, and also like watching each episode for me felt a little bit like almost a chore to watch mm-hmm. these episodes. Um, but despite that, I'm still putting it at number ten because I think the themes is very important. Mm. So that is my thoughts on the show. I see. I That's see. a very good explanation, Andy. It, like the show for you, it didn't hit, but the yeah. messages and the themes, like those, were good and well done. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put real it. Real recognizes real. Isn't that the <laughs> line? I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I will say one negative thing that this show has is the rewatchability for me is just not there. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Not saying that I would ever rewatch a lot of these shows casually, but like Hospital, like we're always turning it on yeah, and off. Yeah, true, true. Um, I don't want to drag this off. You know, I'm I'm okay with what's the average between your 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 two. Scores? Okay, I think between. Let's just say above or below worst of evil, because I think that one at least the three of us have watched, and I think that's like right above the average or around the average. I think worst of evil was the one we recently did, right? Yeah, that's what Ji Chang Wook and. We had June gangsters, BB gangster, stab stab. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Better or worse than worst of evil? Well, D- disregarding I mean, your it, yours. It, this, yeah, I think. You, so for my opinion, I'm just going to keep talking about my opinion. Then um, I thought worst <laughs> of evil. I mean, obviously the ending. It is where it is because of the ending. Yeah. But I enjoyed watching worst of evil. I think I enjoyed talking about worst of evil. I think there's a lot of action. I thought it was very tense. But I wasn't like scared to watch it. It was tense, but it was still enjoyable. That like I want to know what's going to happen next. So that's why I enjoyed Worst of Evil. And actually, in fact, I might be able to watch Worst of Evil again. If someone, really? if I went to someone's house and they had Worst of Evil playing on the TV, I would sit on the couch and I would just keep watching it. Mm. But if someone else had like this show uh, on the TV, I'd be like, why are you watching this show? Um, Interesting. So. <laughs> Your explanation did nothing but convince me that Worst of Evil is actually too low. I actually think Worst of Evil should be higher. Really? I think oh, when we man. re-rank, we should move Worst of Evil up. Oh. Uh, it, it's actually now it's coming down to Love to Hate You. And I just I feel so bad because I feel like we all liked it. But you know, I'll just put it right at number nine. Okay, that's fair. Fair enough, right? Yeah. It's a good show. Overall, I really enjoy yeah, Daily Yeah, it's Dose. a good show. Of, uh, it's a good show, Andy. It's a really good show. Really, every episode. I feel I learned like a lot. we didn't hear your opinion, Brandon, because you were just trying to yeah. middle between Andy and I. Well, why I do you like or dislike you, this show? We need to have Brandon start next time because I feel like Jenny and I are always opposite the spectrum, and then Brandon's like, "Oh, let's just put it right in the middle." Know, That's where right? we're going. No, we need to know what your opinion guys, is. Guys, the Brandon. show will never end if we didn't do it like that. So I think <laughs> All right, I, give give us a thirty second spiel. What what did you think about the show? If you you know, well, okay, we already did. We have three episodes, four episodes covering the show. But if I had to say that there was one thing that this show had, every episode really moved me. Like, if you took away all of the fluff and all of the things that we wanted to nitpick about, like, each episode, I really felt something. I felt like I was learning a lot, and it made me feel emotions. And if a show can do that, I think it's pretty good. There's a lot of stuff that we watch, and at the moment, I'm like, oh, yeah, that was really cool, or, oh, that fight scene was great, or that kiss was good. But this one, I feel like it's going to have a lasting impact on me. And I'm really going to think about these things Whenever I meet people or whenever I have interactions or things that I need to be a little bit more Mm. considerate about, I feel Mm. like the show was very educational on that front. And so if a show can keep me entertained and also make me a better person, maybe it's got to be number one on the list. I don't know. (laughs) 
right. I don't know. I, I'm okay putting it at, okay. at nine. Sounds good. Well, we, we'll cut this show um, here. And then there's always our end of the year re-ranking. So we will see if maybe something's changed, some things go up, some things go down. And I do agree that after time passes, some shows in our list go up and some shows in our list go down because it's like, well, do we really like it? Or was it just in the moment? So we'll see. Um, but for now, it sounds like Daily Dose of Sunshine will be number nine on our list. Sorry, I take it back. I'm trying to do some chess moves here. Ooh, ooh, I want to put it at number seven. Whoa. I, th- I think it's better than Revenant. Better than Revenant and Worst of Evil. No, because I'm going to petition for Worst of Evil to go up at the end of the year. And I think Andy has my back, so I'm not worried about that. <laughs> all right. You know what? Sounds good. <laughs> We're doing some goofy stuff now. All right. All right. Daily Dose of Sunshine is our number seven. Okay. Well, that sets the stage um, for potentially the end of the year. It sounds like maybe one or two more dramas might go on it. Um, But next week, we're going to be starting a new K-drama. This one seems very fun, um, kind of up my alley, I feel like. It's a very romantic, fantasy-driven K-drama called My Demon. It's basically the K-drama you wrote, by the way. No, not really. K-got the sun god or whatever it was. (laughs) The rabbit god. That is not what I had. But yeah, it's going to be on Netflix. Um, The main two characters is going to be Sung K who we've seen in a handful of dramas most notably Sweet Home uh, for us um, and then it's going to be Kim Yoo Jung who I think the last show we talked about with her was um, 20th Century Girl as well as Backstreet Rookie um, so they're going to be the two main male and female leads oh and there's also Lee sang who is in Bloodhounds I think he's also going to be in this K-drama um, but yeah it's going to be on Netflix um, going to be a lot of fun and I'm excited to start it so we'll be reviewing the first two episodes next week it doesn't come out all at once? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's one of the 60 numbers. Not 100% sure um, since it hasn't started yet. But the first episode is airing the 24th. So we'll see where that goes. All right. I hope the ranking section didn't get too confusing for people. <laughs> but that's where we put it. I really enjoyed this drama. Jenny, socials? Yeah. Follow us, uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and put your playlist. Check out our Ko-Fi and our Patreon. Patreon is where we'll have our Strong Girl Namsoon episode this month. And please leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Andy, please send us out. This is the Poetry Playlist, and we're out.